Hello, I am Dr. Muji. And I'm Iyabade. Listeners, we're so excited to hang out with you for a bit. While we have you here, remember to text along while you listen. As a reminder, the number is 650-360-7282. That's 650-360-7282 as you listen. And also rate us wherever you're listening to this podcast. Just take a few moments to provide some feedback. It's practically one of the best ways to help other people find the podcast. So anything you can do on that end would be so much appreciated by both my mom and I. And also importantly, just share it with your network. Let other people know of this new podcast, or maybe it's not so new for you. Maybe you're an original listener. Let them know of this Catching Curveballs podcast, and maybe it might be something that they really need to hear. You just never know. Actually, think of it as a birthday gift to me. May is my birthday month, so just envision this as a virtual birthday gift that you're giving to me. Think of it that way. And speaking of my birthday, I actually spent far too much time going down the rabbit hole of looking into what events in history happened on my exact birthday. I've never performed this exercise before, so it was something that I was so excited to do some research, do some digging, and come back to all of you with some fascinating events. But when it started out in 1536 with Anne Boleyn's being beheaded, I knew I was heading down a rough and rocky path. I knew it wasn't going to end up well. And it turns out there's not that much that happens on my birthday. I think born on the day was the activist Malcolm X, but that was in 1925. So just a few years separating us. And then in 2018, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry had their wedding ceremony. So it really overshadowed all of my birthday celebrations. They stole my thunder that year, but it's okay. I'm over it. I've had a few years to process and digest what ended up happening. But I would say the highlight is actually a story that my mom always tells me. And after I did my research and came up short with really exciting finds, I knew, well, actually, it's okay because at least my mom has this amazing story that she shares about the happiest day of her life. Growing up, I remember her describing it that way the happiest day of her life. However, when we got together today to record this episode, and I mentioned to her that I wanted to share my birthday story, and that was the happiest day of her life, she immediately, and I mean immediate visceral reaction, corrected me and shared that she has plenty of happy days in her life, and that actually my date of birth was just one of the happiest days of her life. I wish I had a recording of this. I wish I had captured it just to share the moment because the way she immediately corrected me makes it clear that obviously my memory isn't perfect with this story. Right, mom? Actually, my daughter, you should be happy that I have so many happy days. (laughs) But honestly, that day, the day of your birth was one of my happiest days. It was really, really happy. And I think I have shared a bit about the story on a previous podcast, but that particular day started so well, although it was so cold. (laughs) Even though it was May in Ontario, it was a relatively cold day. And I remember that when I noticed that I was um, entering into labor, that I said, oh my God, the last time I ate was yesterday at around 9 p.m. I'm hungry. I had better eat something. 
So I went to take a banana and say, well, at least this banana will keep me on till maybe after your birth and I can eat a big meal. Anyway, we went to the hospital and in as much as I was so nervous about giving birth and thinking that again, it's going to be another, you know, long labor. Nope, you were easy peasy. And I remember it was maybe on the 11th floor of the hospital or whatever. But after they had taken you anyway, I looked outside and it was such, even though it was dark, because you came around 5 p.m. and it was getting dark. I just looked outside of the hospital and there was all this beautiful light. It was, I mean, I just had a feeling of awe. The world seemed to stop. I was so happy. So yes, it was one of my happiest days. Um, I have a couple, but that one I would say ranks high, high, high. Well, moving on to a not-so-sweet phenomenon, a more serious note, our topic for today is gaslighting. Now, this phenomenon, this term, is becoming more and more popular, or at least it is in my opinion. I'm hearing it far more often than I previously ever have. And although in some cases I think it's being confused with lying or deception, there still is an importance, once again, all from my perspective, all based on my opinion, there's still importance and value in understanding what this term, what this phenomenon truly describes and what it refers to, certain behaviors and mannerisms that each of us deserve the opportunity to better comprehend, not only so that we can identify it and recognize it, but also so that we can avoid potentially being a gaslighter. So mom, how about you get us started with an explanation of gaslighting? Actually, my daughter, I'm very happy that you suggested this topic as a topic for us to consider, uh, because before then, it was a topic or a phenomenon that I didn't even think much about. Um, I didn't relate to it. Um, however, on doing research, it was like, wow, this is something that is actually more familiar than I had thought. But first of all, let me give a definition as to what exactly gaslighting is. It's considered to be a form of psychological abuse that is used to manipulate a person. So an individual will manipulate another person, uh, will deceive the person, will undermine the person's credibility. Uh, so there's this other target. And the person who is actually uh, manipulating, I would consider to be a gaslighter, while the person that is, quote unquote, the victim will be gaslighted. Usually it's subtle, it's covert. It's not that obvious in terms of the individual, the gaslighter's individual and its impact on another person. So the aim of gaslighters or perpetrators of gaslighting is to make their victim seem as safe or feel, quote unquote, that they are crazy. They will feel distrustful of their own thinking, their own opinions. Even sometimes they might question their sanity in terms of what they know to be correct. And usually it's about what they know about themselves to be correct or incorrect. It's 
terrifying is what it is. It actually gives me legitimate chills. Mom, my arms are put up to the camera. Can you see the chills? Do you or no? Do you just see what the elbows? (laughs) But I have genuine chills just thinking about this because the level of manipulation or even the mental state that it would take for a person to be a gaslighter, it's scary. It's just frightening. And I know earlier I mentioned that it seems to be confused with lying, but I would say this is the next step. If there's some sort of tiered system, lying is maybe mid-rung, it's mid-ladder, and gaslighting would be at the very top. It's one of those phenomena that you just hope you never experience in real life, but realistically, at some point, many of us will. So the hope should actually become that we're able to identify these behaviors and we're able to recognize the signs and take action. I think part of what I find so overwhelming about gaslighting is that with lying or even deception, There are some forms or varieties where it seems as if, well, there are little white lies or minor omissions that maybe you're not ready to share the true story behind Christmas and Santa Claus, right? Maybe you're just not there yet with your children. But at the end of the day, those are, I don't want to even say excusable. I know we've done an entire episode online, but there are forms that you could explain and rationalize and it makes sense to a degree. But then with something like gaslighting, These behaviors that result in someone else questioning themselves or questioning what they believe to be true, it can blossom from just sowing minor seeds of doubt into something much more, even potentially dangerous for the victim. And that's why I was so excited to discuss this today because I feel as if anywhere that we can shed light on this phenomenon is a positive. Anywhere that we can direct a flashlight, direct a beam so that many people are as aware as possible, the better we fare. And so to that effect, mom, how has gaslighting been studied? Well, primarily, gaslighting is a sociological rather than a psychological concept. Why? Because gaslighting is rooted in social inequalities. So we're looking at inequalities. If we use the example of gender inequality, we might be looking at it occurring in power-leading intimate relationships, where, for instance, one individual has power over the other Typically, in a patriarchal system, it will be men over women. However, gaslighting could also occur between female-female or male-male. It's that there's power imbalance. And to that extent, despite the popularity of this term, sociologists have largely ignored studying gaslighting. And therefore, psychologists have been the ones that have studied the phenomenon more. According to psychologists, gaslighting originates through the psychoanalytic processes of projective identification. What is meant by that to the extent that you're looking at it being a very primitive form of relating to someone else? It's an individual, the gaslighter, more or less projecting qualities that are unacceptable to themselves onto another person that is intimate or that they have close relationships with. And the close person will begin to believe that these are their characteristics. 
And then gaslighting, according to psychologists, can also originate through defensive identification. This is the process by which the victim of abuse psychologically identifies with the perpetrator or the gaslighter. So these are defensive strategies against continuing feelings of vulnerability and their unconscious processes to the extent that the gaslighter is engaging in abusive behavior that is unintentional most of the time. Although sometimes I ask, is it possible that someone can be that manipulative, accusatory, and yet it's unintentional? But again, I'm sharing the psychological point of view. And this, listeners, is why we absolutely had to talk about this topic. The possibility that this could take place unintentionally is just mind-blowing to me. I think of it more as such an intentional and diligent form of manipulation that to learn a bit more and to even hear of some of those underlying points of origin in terms of these being displays of defense mechanisms, or at least originating from implementing defense mechanisms, including projection, that was fascinating to me and something that, mom, I'm glad that you helped me understand because I would have never seen it this way. I'd imagine there have to be exceptions, especially since listeners, I have a juicy story coming up about how this term was coined. But before I share this juicy story, mom, we need the record to be set straight here. What is the past tense of gaslighting? Is it gaslit or gaslighted? Good question, my daughter. Uh, Both sound appropriate in my ears, (laughs) but I would prefer to use gaslighted more than gaslit. Very good to know. Gaslighted. I'll remember that because I feel as if I keep going back and forth and didn't necessarily understand which I should be using. So really helpful. As promised, I'm going to circle back to the origin of the term gaslighting. Listeners, this is the type of research I do. I just hop on Google and I say, why would anyone term this gaslighting? Or why would anyone name it anything? I need to know the origin. I need to know who came up with this and why. And so that's, of course, where I started. And what I found was incredible. So in 1938, there was a play titled Gaslight. It was later adapted into a movie that went by the same name. But in this play and subsequent movie... A husband manipulates his wife so extensively in order to steal her inheritance. He makes her think that she's losing her sense of reality so that he can have her committed to a mental institution. And there's this famous scene that's depicted in which the husband has the gaslights in the house flickering and flickering and flickering. And when his wife asks about why they're flickering, he insists it's all in her head to the point that she even starts to doubt her reality and what she's able to visibly see. Not all cases are so methodical and diabolical. In fact, come to learn that the majority are not so. And also, this was a work of fiction. It was dramatized. So I guess I shouldn't even use it as a reference point. But nevertheless, not all situations will be so obvious and transparent. There isn't some sort of clear-cut template that's followed with gaslighting. And in reading a bit more about the topic, it seems as if it can appear in a wide array of settings. Often, mom, as you've mentioned, when there is that power imbalance, A gaslighter will then start to weaponize their target's sensitivities and what they know about another person. And it's not limited to even personal or intimate relationships. 
but it also can happen at work. It can happen with a boss. It can happen with even a coworker. And also, wildly enough, it can even appear in politics. Nowhere is safe, listeners. And we shouldn't live in paranoia, obviously. Mom, I see you laughing. (laughs) We shouldn't live in paranoia, but we should be aware. So mom, what are the things we should look out for? You are very correct, my daughter, that we shouldn't limit it to close or intimate relationships. It could occur anywhere that there are at least two people and where there's power imbalance. So yes, between uh, employer, employee or boss and a subordinate, and of course in politics and other settings. So things to look out for. Gaslighters typically have a personality disorder, most commonly narcissistic personality disorder. Gaslighters tend to present one face to their victims and another face to other people. That's why it's typically difficult for the gaslightee to be able to explain or describe their struggle to others. People would not believe them because their perception of the gaslighter is totally different from what the gaslighter is describing. Gaslighters usually repeat their tactics relationship after relationship after relationship. So it's not a one-time thing. It's something that they seem to be used to and repeat. So let's talk a bit about techniques that the gaslighter uses. I love the list that has been prepared by Dr. Stephanie Sakis. Gaslighters tell blatant lies. They deny they ever said something, even though you have proof. Gaslighters use what is near and dear to you as ammunition. They wear you down over time. Their actions do not match their words. Gaslighters throw in positive reinforcement to confuse you. They project. They try to align people against you. They tell you or others that you are crazy. And they tell you everyone else is a liar. Some common gaslighting phrases are, you are too sensitive. You are overreacting. Can you hear yourself? Or they could say, it was a joke. Have a sense of humor. That came from personal experience, mom. We could all hear it in your voice. We could hear the passion coming right through. (laughs) And listeners, you can't see my mom at the moment. I can see her. And trust me, the passion in her voice was mirrored on her face. But in all seriousness, you would think that at the first sign, when you start hearing some of those phrases or seeing some of those behaviors, that people would automatically separate themselves from a gaslighter. But I think all of us know it's not that simple because what makes a gaslighter so successful is that they leave their victim, they leave the other party feeling so confused and even quote unquote crazy in a relationship or in a dynamic. They leave the other person wondering what what is happening here? What What's going on? Is this me? And those are tough feelings to overcome and to process and to deal with. Dr. Robin Stern, the author of The Gaslight Effect, How to Spot and Survive the Hidden Manipulation Others Use to Control Your Life, has some incredible signs that I felt really resounded with me and that I hope resound with other people, whether it's now or in the future. You no longer feel as if you're the person you used to be. You feel like everything you do is wrong. You always think it's your fault when things go wrong. 
you apologize often, and you feel isolated from friends and family. Now, I don't want us to confuse disagreeing with someone or remembering events differently as any of those signs. There are two or more sides to every story, and memory is a funny thing to begin with. But in all seriousness, it helps for us to recognize that there could be more that's going on when you are feeling so confused in an interaction with another person, especially when it becomes a pattern or perhaps even starts to escalate. On the other side of the spectrum, I also don't want us to categorize all abusive behaviors as gaslighting because, mom, correct me if I'm wrong, there is a difference between, for example, gaslighting and manipulation. That's true. Even for me, I mean, these are signs of one's personal experiences, at least in the past, that one did not have a name for, but that had happened to one. And it was when we started to research for this particular episode that I began to say, hmm, I think I've been a gaslighty before, and yet I didn't have a name for it. So let's go back to your question. It's true that manipulation is a key part of gaslighting. Manipulation is a fairly common tactic, but all manipulators are not gaslighters. For instance, children's behavior to their parents, particularly when they're young, you would not consider that to be gaslighting. Also, businesses that use marketing strategies to lure consumers to buy their products, you wouldn't consider them to be gaslighters. So gaslighters don't want to just influence people. They also want to control them. And this would not be the case for some of the examples that I've just given. That is very true. But I don't know, mom, there are some children that are very clever. They know what they're doing. (laughs) Actually, there could be some adult children that would be gaslighters to their elderly parents, in which we'll call it, you know, elder abuse. So there will be another term for that. And most people would not say that they're gaslighting them. I see. But no, mom, I mean those toddlers on the playground. Have you seen them? Have you seen (laughs) how they get to their parents? I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Well, mom, what about advice for anyone being gaslit? What would you recommend? In terms of advice for anyone, at least for our listeners, and of course, this applies to me too. Remember that a major goal of gaslighters is to keep their victims attached to them. They would want their victims to be incapable of leaving them. When gaslighters try to leave, Gaslighters may tell them how much they love them. They may praise them. They may explain how things are going to change for the better between them. However, as soon as gaslighters agree to stay, gaslighters will go back to being who they are, the same emotional abuser. So the cycle of abuse continues. Therefore, it's important to take action or try to break the cycle as a gaslightee. Things one could do. Separate fact from fiction for yourself. For example, write things down. By writing things down, it will help you take an objective look. Go beyond writing down an event. Note how you feel as you put your thoughts down. You can also implement self-compassion. Recognize the validity of your feelings. Remember, this isn't the time to start faulting yourself or dwelling on feelings of shame. Rather, this is a learning opportunity. 
it's an opportunity for growth. So give yourself the okay to make a sacrifice. The sacrifice should not be to your mental health or your safety. It should be about the interaction with the gaslighter. The experience of being gaslit can result in feelings of loss of self or dependence on the gaslighter. But that doesn't have to be your reality. You will be able to regain your sense of self. It is okay to separate yourself from someone you might feel committed to or feel an obligation to. For instance, it could be your significant other. It could be a family member. It could be a friend or it could be a manager or co-worker. Also talk to someone. Seek additional opinions using the notes or situations you have written down. Of course, it's not easy, but take it one step at a time. You do not have to make radical or split-second decisions. Based on what we've shared today, listeners, you know yourself best. Don't be harsh on yourself. Gaslighting is real. As a gaslighty, you are not crazy. It's not in your head. And if you're a gaslighter, now you know who you are if you didn't know before. Revisit your actions. Change your behavior to empower others rather than disempowering them. Know today, gaslighters, that many of us gaslightees have a better understanding of this phenomenon. We've been pushed to the wall and we're pushing back. Oof, mom. Once again, I felt the passion there. I love it. And I love the overall message. And thank you for wrapping up our discussion with something so empowering. For today, I already know you have one of my favorite quotes of all time. So mom, the stage is yours. Thank you, my daughter. I'm happy that you like this quote. And I hope that our listeners would. It's short and sweet. And it's from an anonymous source. Don't set yourself on fire to keep someone else warm. End of quote. Well, that's all for now. Thank you for spending time with us. Yes, we want to hear from you. Give us feedback on what you heard today and suggestions for topics you would like us to discuss in future episodes. You can email us at catchingcurveballs at gmail.com. That's catchingcurveballs, all one word, at gmail.com. Or you can text us at 650-360-7282. That's 650-360-7282. Also remember to follow us on Instagram for much more content at Catching Curveballs Podcast. That's Catching Curveballs Podcast. And as always, remember to rate, review, and tell everyone you know about the podcast. We cannot wait to connect with you soon.